0: It's Monday the 25th of March 2019, my name's Alex Elliott, and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened, and why we should care. I'm joined this week by Jesper Christiansen, a cognitive semiotician specialising in communication, meaning and gender, and by Birta Björnsdottir, a broadcast journalist here at Röv. Welcome to you both.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Now, after last week's plethora of news, this week has been dominated by two familiar old stories, but they are big Although we've been saying it for months, it seems the fate of Wow is being decided imminently, with today probably being its final chance to sink or swim. The travel and tourism industry is also looking on nervously at the collective bargaining negotiations, as Friday saw the first 24-hour strike affecting accommodation and transportation providers, and it's only getting more serious and damaging from here on in. Of course, there was other news, and that included the brand-new offer of seven-year-long rental contracts at steady prices. The seventh measles case identified, this time in a vaccinated man. Mould is having its moment in the spotlight. Actually, something I don't think mould really likes. Um, But nevertheless, it's closing down whole schools. There was a new Brexit trade agreement with the UK. The First Lady revealed that she wears second-hand clothing. And the tourists who drove past two road closed signs and into an avalanche were actually Ruve English's most read story of the week, so um where should we begin?
1: I think we need to start with wow Air. what yeah, do what do you, as you well think get yeah that one yeah enough. that's like you mentioned the it's been a running stories for weeks and months
0: uh, you were actually on the first ever episode of this show, and we talked about it then
1: yeah, and that was like four months ago or something, yeah. so yeah. And like you mentioned as well, I mean, it's going to be and might be, be uh, decided today what's going to happen. Mm. So I think everyone is watching this case really closely. Everyone here in Iceland.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've had what was it December, I think, when Indigo Partners came in and started negotiating to possibly invest heavily. They walked away the end of last week. Iceland ever invited back to the table? They walked away yesterday. Yeah, doesn't look good.
1: No, it doesn't. But we'll we'll see. But yeah. it's true; it's not it's not looking very promising. But uh, I think that you know people are still holding meetings and seeing what can be done.
0: Because mm. there's a lot of they've got a lot of investors uh, and bondholders already on board that have got a lot of money in this, so it's in everyone's interest probably to not let it go under, isn't it?
2: Yeah, but I think it's also a matter of what what the function of our is in
0: Icelandic society,
2: which is being a, somewhere where we can actually. Affordably go away from the island. It is. It is very important that it it, it survives, or at least that uh, we have a competitor lined up for Iceland. There afterwards, mm. which is of course the biggest probably disadvantage of having Huawei. Uh, go under is that we will have a monopoly? I think monopoly in Iceland. There, I don't know if there's any other.
0: Well, there's lots of foreign airlines. That's but true. It's the only true. other yeah. But, but, um, I,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, I would imagine that's what Icelanders mostly worry about. I mean, first of all, those who have already tickets with WOW Air, what's going to happen, and can they go abroad this summer or next fall or whatever the plans are? Mm-hmm. And also, like you mentioned, if they go away, if the competition is of course beneficial for us who buy tickets. yeah, yeah. yeah. So we need to have an active competition in this market like everywhere, everywhere else.
0: Yeah. Mm. I mean, they've been going since, I think, 2012, and they've done a, a lot of good for the marketplace and competition here. Mm-hmm. And lots of money is involved in it. So I believe what they're talking about today and yesterday is now working with existing investors to turn their debt into shares mm-hmm. and, and therefore to reduce the overall debt burden. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really a case of wait and see, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: it is, definitely. Mm. And it looks like this it is kind of the last chance that they have to mm. survive. Yeah. But okay. I think everyone is refreshing the websites today and following the story very closely, I think.
0: They've got some very good prices on offer today, I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wouldn't buy. I, I'm not. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe tomorrow, we'll see.
0: Mm. Now, the government's kind of involved in this. There's four ministers met yesterday afternoon um, to discuss what to do. What can they do? I mean, they're they're, they're choosing not to get involved directly, aren't they?
2: Mm, I would imagine so. But I mean, there is the opportunity, I guess, of uh, government buyout or government, uh, what do you call it? Subsidizing, Mm. subsidization. But whether, like part of me also is just, I mean, if a company doesn't succeed, then just, let it go under. I realize it's, I find it an interesting place. This company has a social function that's pretty important mm-hmm. for our society, but we also have a private, privately driven economy. That and if a company doesn't succeed, if it's in any way, if either through being mishandled or simply being unlucky, which seems to be the case with Huawei, from my understanding, there's been some unlucky things happening. Yeah. Then they go under.
1: Yeah, and it's not a security issue. I mean, a lot of pe- uh, other. Uh, Air companies come fly here, and mm-hmm. so it's not that gonna, we're going to be isolated if our goes under. I mean, we can still go somewhere, and people can come here.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. And all of the other existing airlines could offer more flights. True,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah,
0: but it is since it is
2: airlines are a huge, you know, important public. Transportation, they're public transportation, just like every other thing. But we've never seen, I think, a private uh a publicly owned airline. I'm just thinking like bigger, middle level. For something that is so important, it's always been privatized, which is hard in this mm-hmm.
0: country. Yeah, I mean, most yeah. other countries used to have state really? airlines. Yeah. Okay, British Airways. I think SAS is heavily government involved. Okay. But Iceland, there has never been.
1: But we would need it more than many. I mean, we're we're an island, mm-hmm. so
0: yeah, which is interesting. Isn't yeah, it?
1: yeah,
0: it is. Yeah. Right. Do we have anything else to add on that, or should we move on? I
1: think we're just waiting for. <laughs> that's yeah, it's the thing. It's you know, it's hard to discuss something that we don't know what's going to happen.
0: Which has been the the backbone of this story since it broke last year. We've been saying it every week. This is important, but who
1: knows? (laughs) It's almost the same as, you know, with Brexit. We have, uh, in my opinion, we had many big running news or running stories that have been going on for days and weeks and months and even years. And always, you know, there comes a time when it's, you know, something big is happening. But it's never completely finished like Brexit is a good example of that I mean it's, it goes on and on it's like kind of becoming the never ending story
0: <laughs> well the, the, the company's owner and CEO Skuli Morgenson, he sent all of his staff a letter yesterday or an email mm-hmm. saying much to the same Yeah. you guys must be thinking this is the never ending story yeah. and then yeah. he adds hopefully it will be mm, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah.
2: but it's funny like you as journalists are working in the news like you are depending on being able to report that big news story the final Moment, and I remember, you know, happening with Brexit, where it's like, okay, this seems final. We have the election, mm-hmm. and it turns out this way, and that's story broke, you know. Yeah. But then it turns out there's like another three, four years of True. history in there. And to then be we thought we were,
1: it's going to be end of this week, the 29th of <laughs> March. We were all you know preparing for what we're going to do. Are we going to go abroad and mm-hmm. you know make the story from there? And and now that has been, you know, delayed. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be the never-ending story.
0: Mm-hmm. What a perfect segue, so Iceland and Norway and Liechtenstein came to an agreement with the u k that trade will continue regardless of what sort of brexit there will be if there will be a brexit mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> um, and that puts those the eEA countries in a completely different situation to all of the rest of europe that 's interesting
1: yeah, and I think other nations have as well come to some kind of an agreement, and you know there's been a lot of discussion between the u k and both countries within the EU and also the others, but like with Huawei, I mean, it's, it's so many things that we don't know, and it has been, you know, and there's always new uh, circumstances in this huge case that people need to reflect on and, you know, decide what to do next.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: there is, I don't. Uh, I don't understand the mechanics of it in a lot of ways in like this particular instance, but I think Iceland and the other what is it called, EEA mm. countries? Yeah, I thought so. Are in a privileged position that they're able to extend this to mm. Britain and they're able to to, you know inform like make that security for Britishism and keep uh, open uh, the freedom of movement open, open, at least when it comes to the people who are already residing within these countries.
0: Um, and the rest of the EU is not quite that lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed. Does it present any kind of opportunity for Iceland there? Like having these the links remaining unchanged at the same time as the same links with Germany and France and Sweden and others will potentially be disrupted
1: Yes, it's difficult to say, but yeah, of course, I mean, if you put it like that, of course it can't be, but I think that everyone will benefit from the UK, you know, standing strong we, uh, whether it's going to be Brexit or no Brexit. I mean, mm-hmm. they have connections all over the world, so like with Huawei, they don't think that anyone is going to benefit from them going <laughs> down under. Mm-hmm.
0: Good point. Mm-hmm
1: a lot, com- lot of comparison between Brexit and Huawei.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Hong Kong, but I think uh, we saw this big protest in London, uh, was it on Saturday? Yeah. And yeah. I think that the people in the UK are fed up with everything that has to do with Brexit. I mean, it's been going on for so long. Mm-hmm. And I think also that, you know, <clears throat> people want to start focusing on something else and get this over with. Whether it's going to be a Brexit or no Brexit, it's going to be, it's it, we can't have this, you know, going on for two more years or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's caused a lot of damage already. Whichever yeah. side of the yeah. argument you're on. Yeah. 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 Well, back to Iceland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um should we talk about um a different issue? For example, we've got the strikes, we've got the school closures. Um, I didn't put my phone on aeroplane mode. <laughs> <laughs> It's Sorry an honest mistake. Yeah. <laughs> At least it's on Vibrate. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm, where next?
1: Yeah, where to begin? I mean, there has been a lot of big news, big stories going on, aside from all this, you know, ongoing news, like, you know, like we're talking about Brexit and Huawei and, and the strikes that you mentioned earlier. But then we had like uh, this uh, big boat, Viking Sky, that almost stranded outside Norway mm-hmm. this oh. weekend. It was on Friday, wasn't it? Friday or, or Saturday, yeah. Yeah, one of yeah. those, yeah. And did Saturday, you see the footage that was taken from within the ship? No. no. I think everyone who saw the movie Titanic, were, yeah, it's, it's kind of frightening. It and does look frightening. Yeah, it Oof. does.
0: And the Icelandic Coast Guard has said today that if such a thing happened here, mm-hmm. we would need a second ship the size of yeah, Thor yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. to help, and yeah. we, only, we only have one. Thorg. And this
1: particular ship is coming to Iceland two times this summer, and you know mm. a lot of other ships of this size are sailing to Iceland every summer.
2: Ah, mm. uh, so we're not prepared for in case they
1: not as prepared as we would like to. I think Ooh. that was the Coast Guard message yesterday. Mm. And,
0: and the Norwegians used five helicopters yeah. to, to evacuate the People, mm-hmm. and I think we've only got two at a time. Yeah, <laughs> okay.
1: And they only uh, evacuated like 500 out of 1,300 or something. So, is that right? Yeah, I think there were almost around 1,000 people that were still aboard the ship when it were they were able to sail it to shore safely yesterday.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, scary. Yeah, scary. it is. Yeah, I yeah. heard some people interviewed saying that the scariest thing of the whole ordeal was the helicopter, right? Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine that, yeah. Like oh the
1: captain was saying on the news yesterday, I mean, most the most of the people who are on board the ship are like elder, older persons. Mm-hmm. So you know, being going on a, a cosy coast trip oh God, and being yeah. you know it up to on helicopter is probably yeah. not on the top of the list of no. what you think so if you want to do.
0: And you, you know the weather we've been having the last oh week—it mm-hmm. was the same system that they had in Norway, and the mm-hmm. meters, the waves were reaching ten meters. Yes. Oh God! no. Not fun. Poor, no. Poor and, yeah. But, you know, a Norwegian cruise in March. Yeah, Sure. Yeah, not saying it's <laughs> their <point>. fault. <laughs> no, no, Right. Um, there was, well, should we say the measles thing? It's been kind of going down now, which mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The doctors are saying that we're probably over the worst of it. Mm-hmm. But a a seventh case was confirmed in a man who had been vaccinated. Yeah, that's unusual. Yeah. It's unusual. I read the article
2: and it it seemed like it wasn't, it's not unheard of. And it was a very mild case and he wasn't really all that contagious. And he only got it because he was interacting with people who were uh, uh, infected. So it doesn't sound all that serious. I think it's good that there's been awareness of it and there's been, you know, vaccinations taking place, vaccination drives. Mm -hmm. But it, it doesn't sound like it was. All that serious, but it's always so frightening.
1: Yeah,
2: if you've ever seen the movie Outbreak, it's it's certainly true. very frightening. <laughs> especially whenever
1: for pa- parents of young children. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah,
2: but it it's so. Um, whenever there is a risk of these sort of outbreak scenarios, mm-hmm. which we have quite uh, quite frequently, we had it with well, frequently. I remember Ebola being the thing and mm-hmm. stuff like when it, we we tend to. Panic, mm. good reason, mm. but hopefully this is just a mild case of the measles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure.
0: yeah, I mean, measles is an interesting one because it's 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 not such a serious disease, but mm. it's extremely contagious. Yeah, yeah, so and it, it can
1: be serious. If you, yeah, that's right. So something
0: like one in a thousand mm-hmm. die from it,
1: and especially for for young children, I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: But then if everybody catches it, then that risk becomes quite significant. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Because it's so contagious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully we're over the worst of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. What else are we over the worst of? Um, the mold, maybe? mold, yeah. <laughs> so, they've closed a the whole school in Reykjavik. Yeah. I fos- ha- actually fosfor- have, two, I
1: have two children who go to that school. Ah. So. Ah.
0: <laughs> so, tell us, what happened... <laughs>
1: Uh, I think that's nothing new, but I think that you know the, the response of uh, of the school was good. I mean, it's obviously a big project to go to have you know three hundred and fifty kids to go to school somewhere else, and they found a good uh, spot for them, all of mm. them, and in
0: a beautiful parkland.
1: Yeah, true, true, and. <laughs> I think the kids just find it a little bit exciting and, you know, that's, oh. and this is kind of the thing that can't come up and you just have to have a positive attitude towards, yeah. you know, something's being done, that's good. Yeah. We'll find a solution and that works for everybody and that's it.
2: Yeah. Mm. I mean, the, the thing is, like, it's not really anybody's fault. We might be able to, I don't know when these schools were built, but we might be able to find fault with some construction or something, but... This happened in Denmark as well. Like when I was a kid, like we weren't sent to not, but I've heard of, I've heard a lot about these stories. They come up every once in a while, and it just happens. Mold happens, and you just have to deal with it, and mm-hmm. you have to throw money at the problem and just get it solved yeah. because there's nothing there's nothing else you can really do. It's a pain in the ass, mm-hmm. but it is.
0: I just feel like in the UK, every classroom I ever learned in was full of mold, and no one cared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: But I think it's been more awareness. I mean, of course, you know, most people. Can't, don't find anything you know it, it, that doesn't af- affect them at all but you know some people get really sick mm-hmm. and i think there's been a f- more awareness about that in just the recent years
0: yeah, yeah and a, 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 an overly moist atmosphere in a room it, it, increases your risk of catching colds and flu and, and mm-hmm. normal illnesses mm-hmm. as well so yeah. it's definitely not healthy no. i mean the most important
2: thing is like like you say like deal with the problem but also like make sure it doesn't happen again or at least try to prevent it like is there anything we need to change in the structure itself in the in the school or do we need to change the behavior like do teachers have to open windows and make sure that mm-hmm. kids don't close them and yeah. all this of stuff that can Good be quite point. disruptive but mm. um
0: we just, like I say, we just have to deal.
2: And if it happens again, we
0: just have to deal with that as well. <laughs> I mean, this wouldn't necessarily be such big news, apart from the fact that five other schools are now reportedly mm-hmm. contaminated, and the, a wing of the school in Easyville that has shut, mm-hmm. um, likewise, for the same reason. So it's, it's, it's a widespread problem, which is. Yeah. Concerning. Then, yeah. Then I mean, then there's
2: What changed? Why is why now? Like, has something... Is this global warming? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. Or is there something changing in, like I said, like teacher behaviour? Teacher, it's yeah. too cold and they don't open the windows or something like that, um, which is understandable. Yeah. The weather this quite, winter?
1: Yeah, or are people just more aware that this is, you know... Could be. Yeah, could be as well, or, yeah. As
0: well. Mm. Is there anything in the weather this winter that was... I mean, it it's was...
1: always shitty, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was very uh, mild and wet yeah. for the first half of the winter, yeah. at least.
1: But I think we've had all different kinds of winters. So mm. yeah, no, I I'm, I'm int- Not that I'm a specialist, but I, I wouldn't think that you know we have all kinds of weathers here. So
2: I found it interesting that there was a temperature spike a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, where all of a sudden we were in spring mm-hmm. temperatures, and then they went down again. And it was quite like there was a there was thunder and lightning, which is quite uncommon in Iceland yeah very
1: very uncommon. especially yeah. in the
2: winter, yeah, yeah. so you know there was that, yeah, mm. but again, we don't know why global mm. warming, yeah
1: it's, <laughs> but it's the same every spring for us who live in Iceland, I think I mean we always mm. we always pray and hope, and you know we get one warm day we're're like, oh yeah, summer is finally here, but then it starts snowing the yeah, next day yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. second winter, yeah <laughs> and
1: third and fourth. <laughs> But I think we have to have this uh, hope that someday summer will come, otherwise we wouldn't be able to live here, I think. (laughs) It's coming. It's coming. It always comes in the end. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Well, while we're talking about weather and wintry stuff, um, there's the most read story of the week. Tourists that went past two closed signs and then got stuck in an avalanche in the Westfields. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been getting comments like, people love to... To, like, um, criticize stupid tourists. Mm -hmm. But we've all been tourists in our lives. Mm -hmm. We're not stupid. So what's going wrong? Why why do these things keep happening?
1: Good question. I I think, I mean, of course, tourists are as big of a group as, you know, all societies. So Mm. we have, of course, people who, you know, go by the rules and do everything right. And then we, of course, have some who don't. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about these tourists in, in particular but you know all, there's always some people that you know just do what they want to do and of course we, we might also be to blame i mean maybe we're not uh, as specific as we should be about you know the rules and what people can't do and what people can't mm-hmm. but i mean closed roads are pretty obviously closed mm. yeah so if you you know decide to drive past that it's kind of yeah a risky behaviour, in my opinion.
0: The barriers, though they've got clear markings on them, they only cover half the road, and some mm. people say, "Well, I thought that means it was optional." Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but what would your interpretation be if you can you see where they're coming from? Uh,
2: I can. I can see myself in that situation. I mean, that's the that's the basis of it right i mean you have a G- your gps telling you one thing which to mention in the uh in the article G- the gps doesn't know that the road is closed um and then there's just oh like that insecurity where you have to make a choice you know <laughs> i mean i think it's a situation we can all find ourselves in. it's not necessarily stupidity but it might be uh oh i i already i already got this far i might as well plow on what's the worst that can happen well this is it mm-hmm. oh it's not the worst. There are worse outcomes, but um, this is, yeah, this is the stupid mistake that happens when Mm -hmm. we do that. And that just, that has happened to all of us at some point in our lives. But maybe we
1: are a bit ourselves to blame. I mean, we have been marketing Iceland kind of like a place that you can go and do almost whatever you want and you can go everywhere and you can, you know, uh, take a bath in the springs and you, you, it's like an open nature for everyone to do almost whatever they want. Mm -hmm. So I can understand that people get the feeling that, okay, we're here, we can just... Yeah, go crazy
2: and it's also with the amounts of people that do come to iceland go through this this system of rules and regulations and like all this all these possible activities that you can possibly do then you're going to get some Mm -hmm. you're going to test that system you're going to test the rules Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. are going to break them like Mm -hmm. that's just going to happen and then you learn from it we maybe we have to be more conscious of the signage and Mm -hmm. informing people i think i think informing uh tourists when they get here maybe a pamphlet or something about like what you can and cannot do there's a whole pledge for iceland thing uh, in the tourist stores now where there's like a little sign with like these are the things we expect from you like yeah. don't re- respect the markings don't jump into gulfos or whatever for to take a picture like all these sort of things yeah. <laughs> because we know this has happened we know people do this mm-hmm. we like it just it's just never ending so we can only just yell louder and hope that people take it in at some point, and hopefully they'll, yeah.
1: But of course we're gonna have, like you said, more incidents since so many tourists are coming here. So yeah. of course that's gonna, that's unavoidable. Yeah. But the, the debate always comes up as well, because uh, they're mostly, uh, what, how do you say, Search and rescue teams.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: That are all uh, just volunteers that do that, and they are the one who, you know, come to, mm-hmm. to, to the rescue and, there's always been this debate. I mean, should people pay for, yeah. you know, when they have to, when they, they need to come and pick them up somewhere mm-hmm. that was, you know, you you can't in an area that was restricted or something. Mm-hmm. Should should the tourists pay for that service? to yeah. Get saved from, I don't know. I think. Or an Icelanders as well. I mean, mm-hmm. if you go somewhere that's, you know, off limits, should you yeah. pay the bill for the people who are you know volunteering to come and put themselves in danger and rescue mm-hmm. you.
0: I guess it could potentially cost lives though if people are reluctant to call because they don't yeah, want to pay. Yeah, that's true, that's true. That's yeah. very true, yeah. yeah. That's true. It's always a risk. Yeah. But I think these guys, people, I'm not sure what the gender was, did get fined.
1: Okay, for, they did. I okay.
0: think okay. so. Okay. Mm. Do we know, could you, I don't. maybe you don't know. Um, why the barriers only cover half the road?
1: No, I don't know. It's a good question.
2: I was guessing it was because from I read from the article that part of the road was cleared for some road works or some work on some project. Yeah. So I guess that people that there are people who need to go in there, into mm. that area. Yeah. But um, I believe this is common, like, whenever the roads are closed. Yeah, yeah maybe. Then, I don't know. I don't know. It <laughs>
1: oh. should be easy to have, like, two barriers from each side, and then you can, you know, yeah, yeah, open yeah. and close. Very good point. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm. Well, time's running short. We've got time, I think, to discuss one more thing. Um, the strikes, the rental contracts, or the first lady's clothes. I think, it's,
1: I think this is not the first time she has worn second-hand clothes, too. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it sets a, a good, good example. Yes, we should all use our stuff better and more often than buy less of everything. Yeah.
2: There's some. I've, of all the stories, this one actually struck something with me, but I won't go into a swada here, but like, it's admirable and it's good. But I know a lot of people because I'm poor that, that shop in secondhand clothes because all my friends are poor as me, yeah. you know. Uh, so it's not really news and it's like, it's a news story, but it's not like we all know we should be shopping secondhand. Um, what I find sort of, I don't know, interesting is like it's a, it's an admiral president, and I think for someone in her wage bracket and age and her identity it's probably a good example to set because I think there are probably quite a lot of women in her age that might not be aware that they can go to a second-hand shop and find good stuff. I mean, there is that aspect of it, but there's also the aspect of why is it always our responsibility to as cons- as consumers to make right choices and why do we not question manufacturers as mm-hmm. much as I think we should and the right... like clothes is a bad example but the right to repair because of course you have the right to repair your clothes but when it comes to technology you don't have the right to repair mm-hmm. necessarily that's a good so point. there's like this i'm not always fond of of putting the the onus of uh of behavior on the consumer rather than the manufacturer
1: mm-hmm.
2: but that's pretty maybe, separate from her yeah. particular
1: case <laughs> maybe you can put more pressure on the manufacturers by doing something like this yes, and you know precisely. doing it openly and you know taking the discussion that's true. about that's yeah.
0: true. and sometimes costs are involved as well if you don't have the skills to to, to mend your own mm-hmm. things getting someone else to do it i mean i've lent in this situation myself trying to go to a alterations shop and mm-hmm. the cost they want to charge you is more than buying a new item that's true yeah, yeah. I think in Sweden,
2: they're starting to open up these uh, repair cafes where you can bring your stuff or all manner of stuff and okay. either learn to repair it yourself or have someone help you do it or for a reasonable price. I think. And I think it's sort of like secondhand, like it's volunteers and it's it's done to to sort of combat this problem. Mm-hmm. This is from what I remember, like it,
0: I couldn't quote you on it. But yeah, indeed, it's. Um... It's at the very least, it's good that we're talking about these things and that definitely. people are generally more aware, aren't they? I think. Mm-hmm. And this is the interview with the First Lady, Eliza Reed, was um, as part of the climate change documentary on Roof that's mm-hmm. running for 10 yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. And it seems to be getting a lot of conversation, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. And I heard of people that, you know, oh, people people who watch and are shocked and people who are almost afraid of watching because, you know, we know this, but, you know, we're somehow we. We, we all can do, we can we can all do so much more.
0: Mm-hmm. There we go. Well, it's never fun saying goodbye, but it seems we've run out of time. Uh, the Week in Iceland will return to rúf.is forward slash English and roof English on Facebook, as well as the roof app, next Monday afternoon, April Fool's Day, the 1st of April. For now, it's thanks to my guests, Jesper Christensen and Bíjt de Bjørnstottir, as well as to Lydia Greta Stottir for the technical wizardry. We always like to finish the show with the number one song on the Rostfur chart. And this week, it's the possible winners of the Eurovision Song Contest 2019, Hatri, with their lively little ditty, Hatrid Munsigra. Bye for now.